Hey everybody, welcome back. It's a brand new episode of Pop Cannon. We are your hosts. My name is Jordan. I'm Robert. And I'm Sarah. Guys, today <laughs> we are discussing Scream from 1996. This is episode 71. So make sure you uh, do your subscribing and all that fun stuff. Get all of that out of the way if you are not already subscribed. But yes, today we are discussing... A little Wes Craven film, Scream. So, 96, obviously, too young for any of us to have seen it in theaters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was four. <laughs> Spice Man. So, um, personally, growing up for me, never was into horror movies a lot. Wasn't technically, I guess, allowed to watch them because most of them are rated R. So that was kind of like the reasoning. And then it just became like, I don't like them because I've never been into them. Um, so I've seen this movie in parts in passing over time. Um, but I've never watched it all the way through until today. Um, but I've also Damn. the disclaimer to that is that I've seen scary movie front to back <laughs> probably a thousand times so i have seen this movie (laughs) (laughs) so and that was really interesting to follow throughout the film i thought that's so funny yeah i i actually second that uh a lot of this movie was framed through scary movie as well for myself um yeah i have seen parts of it including the ending but it didn't ruin my viewing experience of it and this was the first time that I've ever actually gotten to sit down watching it start to finish critically. I like scary movies. Uh, somehow this movie just slipped through my fingers somehow. I feel like um, when you see that there's like, what is there, five of them? You're kind of no, like, well, there, oh, yeah, I'll, now there's five. I'll, I'll get around to it. Like, that's kind of yeah. what it felt like. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm in the the weird random side boat here i've seen this movie so many fucking no, that's times good though. um i don't know like i don't know the first time that i saw this i actually feel like i probably saw scary movie before ever watching scream but then at some point in um like my 20s <laughs> i shifted and because i used to not like watching horror Um, But in the last couple of years, I've definitely um, started watching it more. And part of it was actually because of Scream. I I really probably watch it a few times a year. It's just one of my go-to movies to just kind of put on. Um, And I just enjoy it, having it on, like, in the background. Because even though, obviously, like, I know what happens, it's just still, like, for me, a good film. Yeah. Like, I don't no, know. It it's a comfort watch for you now. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that probably says something about me that like a slasher is a comfort watch. Like I realize this, um, but um, no, I, I've seen the sequels, but none of them as much as scream one. Like yeah. I'll just watch it and then I'll like not watch the sequels just cause I need to put something on to clean or I- whatever. I feel like I, I'm very interested to go into the sequels now. Same. Because I left this movie very um, content. Like, I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Even though, even despite knowing all of the things that you know about it, I feel like it's still massively enjoyable and it really hooked my attention. And I even texted Jordan after what should have been the cold open, but they 
put it in a weird order for some reason. Um, <laughs> the Drew Barrymore scene at the beginning was like so fucking effective. <laughs> Even though I've seen it so many times, like I haven't done a whole lot of like research, but like I know that's kind of like what they were going for. And I know even just like the casting choice of like going with Drew Barrymore mm-hmm. because she was like young, like innocent, but like she was like a big star yeah. too when this came out. And she was on all so, the posters and everything. Right. I think why I like this movie so much is because it's so like it's so introspective and it's so like meta Mm -hmm. you open up with drew barrymore's character who's this you know pretty young blonde and you think that she's going to be like the The heroine of this story the main character she was on all the advertising and then she's dead within the first five minutes (laughs) which is like i think it's great because it like kind of subverts like everything you kind of know or expect like you don't expect this like big main person to die even though she's not the main person and it's just constantly being self-aware and poking fun at the horror genre Mm. i don't know if it's like the literary element of me that just enjoys that (laughs) like i don't know in some ways like it just kind of feels postmodern i don't know you know because it it like (laughs) in a way it helps it feel it's so strange to even say this in a way it helps it feel timeless even though the movie is full of obsolete technology <laughs> and yeah. things that never would happen now because they'd be solved in a text <laughs> message. Um, but like still somehow the film's able to be super effective <laughs> because of it's like, it's just the story, I guess, you know, like the story itself just comes through and being self-referential and mentioning all of these other things makes it exist in a real ish world that we recognize. I feel like. Yeah. Some, sometimes it got a little grating for me with some of those references. It almost felt like it just became a crutch after a certain point. Mm-hmm. Cause there were so that they're many. just like, let's reference everything. everything we can. Yeah. Especially like if you're familiar when I first like started watching it regularly like i wasn't as familiar with a lot of the things like that they reference like you know i hadn't watched the first halloween like i had you know seen you know other west craven films but like wasn't super into them but then it's like so i get what i get your point though now like watching it having like explored more of the horror genre it it definitely is a lot or it can be a lot about halfway through the movie I looked over at Cheyenne and I was like, I don't think I like this. You know, you're you're probably in you're probably in the area where it was like Henry Winkler in his office. Yeah. Because that's right before like the house party starts, which is like yeah. where we kick into the, the third second act. half of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My opinion of Scream was like, oh, this is supposed to be scary. Right. And like none of it to me came off tense or anything like that Mm -hmm. for at least the first half of the film like aside from that opening sequence with drew barrymore and her character like that was great that was probably my favorite sequence of the film Mm -hmm. but i don't know there was like a lull there for the first hour of that film where i just 
I couldn't get behind some of the characters because they're just speaking exclusively in references. <laughs> and like people don't talk that way all the time. No. Like I mean, Randy. So I feel like I feel like I've met people that are like Jamie Kennedy's character though. <laughs> yeah, but not everyone's like that. No, no, no. But I like I definitely know people that were just like that fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But d- all that being said, like by the time the movie continues and progresses and the fact that I have to look at it as like, oh, this is just like a black comedy. Cause to me, that's what this is instead of a horror movie. Mm-hmm. It's just like a black comedy with like horror elements. Mm-hmm. And the horror stuff is great because they take it seriously. Yeah. But like they're cracking jokes throughout the whole movie. So if I went into it thinking it's going to be, yeah, a yeah. scary horror film and it's not that it kind of let me down in that regard that's, but mm-hmm. that's how they sold it that's yeah. how they got the rating to go because they wanted yeah. to make it worse they wanted to make it i think it was gonna get an nc-17 because there's a lot more gore mm-hmm. and he was like look just think of it as a comedy and they were like oh well then there's your r yeah and i was like wait what the fuck <laughs> yeah so I think just ex- like knowing what to expect makes me uh, like reflect on it and in a much more positive light. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's cool. So. I didn't realize you were more on the negative than the positive because because like <laughs> we'll I I really I really liked it a lot. Like, yeah, I think a lot of the stuff that they did was effective, even if it was like slow moving. It's just coupled with the twist at the end the enrichment of the rest of the what you saw is so much more deep i feel like because the killer gets his ass kicked like a lot Mm -hmm. kind of goofy and stumbling all the time Mm -hmm. and it's those two fucking dudes that don't know what the fuck they're doing so like all of that makes sense and the fact that it could be both of them at the same time sometimes and one of Mm -hmm. them is just off screen and then the other ones there doing shit like that to me is fucking out of bounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like that makes it so much better to watch for me because when you're thinking that it's like an adult or they're really pushing the it's her dad angle and all of that shit. Um, you're like, man, that dude is like fucking a weird motherfucker, dude. Like what is wrong with that guy? He, he's like he's constantly getting his ass kicked by high school girls. It's crazy. <laughs> meanwhile it's two high school boys that would absolutely get their asses kicked by those girls yeah (laughs) yeah but like that's the thing like Ghostface to me came off as so hokey and like goofy and he's taken like these weird bumps yeah where he's like falling downstairs and like (laughs) completely missing like trying to grab someone so like yeah yeah. like a cartoon trying to take (laughs) that character seriously was hard for me at first yeah but knowing that it's, yeah, you know, yeah. what it becomes and what it turns into at the end when they're arguing with one another, <laughs> uh, it makes it so much more satisfying. Yeah. 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 Like, knowing oh, that. Of course he would suck at this. Like, yeah. <laughs> like they don't know what the hell they're doing. No. no. So I, I, so I like it because of that. I think that made yeah. it a great movie as opposed to just good. Well, Sarah, you've seen it the, mo- the most out of all of us. Uh, <laughs> who out of 
the entire cast would you say was the most captivating and interesting character for you? I I don't know what it is. I love Stu. Like I like Matthew Lillard's character. I think he's a like a great actor and I just think he plays the part really well, like especially going back off kind of like the the bumbling yeah. ghost face, especially like when you don't know which one is which because yeah. you don't really ever get that answer of like who is who and like was it you know Stu or, um, or what's his face and when Billy Billy yeah. uh, I was sorry, I was gonna say Skeet and I was like wait no <laughs> that's the actor <laughs> the actor um, no it's just him but but no I I think his character I just kind of like enjoyed the most because I guess out of like a group of 20 some year olds, he was maybe the most believable as a teenager. <laughs> and also yeah, the most weird. smoldering. He was I 25 mean, at the time that this movie was shot. The youngest person in the, <laughs> like the cast of teenagers was Drew Barrymore, who was 21. I yeah. think Nev Campbell was like in her mid twenties. And then like Courtney Cox was like 36. So I'm like Courtney. Co- oh yeah. I think, I think yeah. Nev Campbell was like 26. So I'm like, there yeah. only there's only a 10 yeah. year age difference between the teenager and yeah. the grown ass reporter. <laughs> so, yeah. And that was another thing because like these characters don't feel like teenagers to me in no. any way, shape or form. No. I understand it was the nineties and teenagers acted very differently but, in the nineties. than. But they to do be today. fair, they still do that. Yeah, no, they do, but they didn't spend any measurable amount of time in the school trying to sell you on them being teenagers. Yeah. So like, to me, it was just like, Oh, okay. Like they, yeah. they're only teenagers because that's like the genre is the killer kills teenagers. Right. Like you know? if you watch like Riverdale or something like that, like again, modern, they're not fucking teenagers. No, yeah, but you like, for funny, you, because for that's example. one of the best, that's one of the best, jokes and scary movie is when they're yeah. all sitting at that thing and they're like oh yeah and they'll probably get a whole bunch of near 30 somethings to play high schoolers and they all just laugh yeah <laughs> we should have just watched that <laughs> that'll be the that. follow-up <laughs> originally like drew barrymore was like considering being sydney mm-hmm. but then she, she was mm-hmm. shooting something else and then she decided she'd rather be the girl who dies in five minutes yeah. but is interesting that was actually her idea she was like what if i played casey instead yeah and then that way no one would expect it yeah which is so because, cool like you said I think earlier at actress. the start of the episode drew barrymore at the time was like super popular i mean she was a child actress yeah like by this point was like in her early 20s so like she's huge and they they focused the marketing around her which i think is so smart yeah Yeah. i think all the trailers were like part of that opening sequence of her screaming and shit (laughs) but like and even then like while we're still like talking about like the casting decisions like even like um like courtney cox she kind of had to like fight for Mm -hmm. the part because she wanted to do like i think i read something where she wanted to be like the bitch because she's currently like while like in friends it's interesting which is i think part of what interests me is because at the time these are like huge like actors and actresses but at this time i mean they're not getting like huge theatrical releases. It's just, mm. you know, some of the stuff just went, you know, straight to VHS or whatever. And but this, I think this wound up doing over a hundred million. This did really oh, yeah. well. 
and and I saw like because it was released like right right like Christmas weekend or whatever, and then like just word of mouth like got people. Yeah, you know, normally movies to see take it. like a, a second week bump. This jumped and then stayed steady. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, and it only ever got more popular or right. stayed the same. I think it was in theaters for eight months. That's crazy. That's a long fucking time. (laughs) That's crazy. And especially like, you've got to consider the fact that like wide releases weren't that big of a thing at the time. So like there weren't as many movies coming out, so they would keep the popular ones in. Yeah. And this happened to be like just as popular as like Armageddon from that year. which is crazy to think about it's it's crazy and i don't know maybe like i think that's just like a testament like to the film and why at least robert and i like it so much (laughs) (laughs) it's not that i don't like it it's just just because i had a certain expectation in my head for what it should have been yeah and because it wasn't that i was getting annoyed I feel like if you like sat down and just kind of like watched it, even like with through like a non-critical lens, like I think you'll like it more oh, yeah. from the beginning. See, I was bothered by some of the shots specifically. They used mm. anamorphic lenses throughout the entire movie, and it warped some of the shots for me. Yeah. So like, there's there's scenes that should not have been filmed with anamorphic lenses. No, all of those. But those tracking across the living room things. So like horrible. They looked so weird. Horrible. Asking for a friend. What's an anamorphic lens? (laughs) (laughs) But it basically like it tries to make a non widescreen shot look widescreen. Yeah. Okay. So it flattens out the top and bottom and makes it longer. Interesting. So it distorts some of the stuff in the frame. So when it was following her, Everything was like moving around, and I was like, yeah. "What the fuck is happening?" I thought so it was it just was... me <laughs> because oh. the lens is like because it's it's doing that. It's like if you ever shot with wide angle and you kind of move it with it, like everything kind of yeah. the distortion morphs, has to yeah, even out. yeah. So it was like morphing around, and I was like, "Why is it doing this?" Was that I was like, like... Man, this HD render is terrible? <laughs> Was that like a popular like thing at the time to use or just weird artistic choice? I think it's just a weird artistic choice. It's either that or they were like, these are the only lenses that we have. So we're just going to use them or they're cheap. (laughs) It was just bothering me so bad. And then the other big like film issue that I noticed was like the spatial awareness they were not establishing how the room was laid out in any of the no. shots from like yeah. most of them. And I shouldn't say any because they didn't do it throughout, but like it happened a lot and it was really like farmhouse. jarring. How big? <laughs> yeah. Where? <laughs> we got that like hallway that's connected to the living room and the kitchen and there's a staircase, but then isn't there like a larger staircase on the other side? Go Like, it's so fucking strange. It's so yeah. weird. So I don't know if they were just using it and like shooting around things. And it was like, because of a limitation that they had and they had to get creative with it. Right. But to me, it like all of a sudden we were like really close up 
on someone's face and then we were talking to the other person and we're really close up on their face and it's yeah. just a scene where they're talking and there's no tension so i don't understand why we're all claustrophobic right right we so could, we could pull out and breathe a little yeah. yeah yeah so it was just like decisions like that that kind of irritated me yeah yeah for me this the score like i read that the the, I don't remember the composer's name, but the guy that did the score, uh, Marco Bellatrami, wanted to do it uh, like a western, yeah. where you get like the themes and the entrance music, and then like the fight. It was just some of it was like way over the top, <laughs> yeah, and uh, was distracting at certain mm-hmm. points where I was like, all right, why is the music doing all of this? She's just going to like, uh, she walks into the house after her dad leaves and she gets home from school and the music is like, <laughs> but like nothing's happening. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like she's just walking yeah. in the fucking house. Uh, she opens the closet door. They don't even do the music to like set up the jump scare. They're just, it, the music's just intense while she's opening and closing things. And I'm like, so is it going to stop if somebody pops up? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Are, what are we planning here? Because that's a lot of yeah. the anticipation, I feel like, in a horror movie is using the music to kind of get you to a certain place before they pull the rug out from underneath you. And it was kind of just meandering throughout. And I was <laughs> like, dude, what the fuck was this guy on? <laughs> well, that was his first movie that he ever scored. Really? It's actually oh, a wow. crazy story how he was even like involved in this. So Wes Craven's assistant was on an internet chat site asking if anyone knew of any fresh music talent and someone recommended (laughs) his name. And so they legitimately hired him from this. And now he's gone on to uh, do like a whole bunch of other stuff, including (laughs) most recently he's done all three parts of the Netflix fear street trilogy. He did venom. Let there be carnage and a quiet place part two, which is like, I was just going to bring oh up the God. fact how A Quiet Place, the music or lack thereof, is so important to that series. Yeah. It's crazy to think that it's the same guy. Wow. wow. All the way back here in 96. That's what amazing. a 90s thing. Good for What him. a way to jumpstart a career. Just yeah. get some rando just... off the newfound internet. <laughs> well, now, well, now I understand why it is the way it is. <laughs> they gave him a cut of the movie and they said, give us the music. And he was like, okay <laughs> so he went to his fucking room with a cut of the film and a casio and was like all right let's fucking make some horror music <laughs> he's Holy like shit, shit i've never watched a horror movie before in my life he's at blockbuster with like a stack of fucking slashers <laughs> just doing research that's amazing um wow that's cool yeah but just piggybacking off the music, I agree it was kind of jarring in certain places. It was a little weird, but some of it worked really well. Yeah. Like that entire third act, I think, was structured incredibly well. Uh, music, action, yeah, dialogue, like everything was really, really, really strong. Yeah, I love that the in the movie watch Halloween. Mm-hmm. So then the movie gets to use the music from Halloween. <laughs> yeah. That to me is some fucking next level shit. <laughs> <laughs> Chef's kiss. And then, and then speaking of uh, Sarah had mentioned how meta it was. Jamie Kennedy <laughs> on the couch going, Jamie, look behind you as he's about to get murdered. Yeah. Was like, I was like, wow, 
this is there are levels here <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and then like and that adds even to like the humor element too because it's like <laughs> you're telling everybody what to do in a horror but movie yourself. yeah but yourself you fucking idiot mm-hmm. <laughs> so fucking funny the writer uh kevin williamson said that he was listening to the halloween soundtrack when he was writing this while movie. he was writing it yeah okay and this was his first screenplay credit yeah. like officially yeah, yeah. and like because this was like besides like using all the other horror movies as influence and then like because this was influenced by the um gainesville ripper serial killer in florida it was the screenplay was kind of inspired by this so this guy went on this like little spree in florida where he killed five college aged i think they were all women over the course of three days he like camped out in like the woods and it was like during the fall semester so that kind of helped inspire some of the writing as well like the right like the storyline he probably saw like the news trucks around the school or whatever and was like (laughs) that's something (laughs) that's something what if that lady started fucking a deputy and getting information so she could get (laughs) dude courtney cox's character um Yeah, let's talk about her for a minute. She makes you want to punch her in the face. (laughs) But like a lot of fun, though. Yeah. You know, like as far as like entertaining movie characters go, she first of all, her goal was to not be typecast as a bitch. And that's why she lobbied for this. 100% nailed it. I feel Mm -hmm. like (laughs) no, she's the most unlikable bitch. She is so punchable. Like, that's why I love that scene where um, Sid punches her and then like you cut to being at um, uh, Tatum's house. She's like, Ooh, Sid, super bitch. (laughs) Like, it's so funny, but you get that energy and it's like, yeah, I want to punch her too. Yeah. 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 Especially with the questions she's asking. She's, it's just like, dude, wow. Right. Fucking. It's just, you know, that like, you know, whole like reporter, like get in your business, ask the questions. Yeah. And it's like when you just want to punch somebody in the face, sometimes you just got to punch him in the face. But I will say I liked how self-aware she was. Like she knew she was being an asshole. Yeah. yeah and yeah. even when she's talking to uh, her cameraman, she's like, have have uh, any journalists like this won like a Pulitzer? before yeah. and he's like i don't think so she's like well there's a first, first time, time for everything, time for everything. <laughs> yeah which is i think why she's so why she's so hard at pursuing it and also like she you know believes that like cotton is innocent you know too so she has several agendas right she has yeah. the agenda yeah. to clear his name and if she clears his name that makes a bigger name for herself because you know she's rooting she for was, him like, and leading the charge for him being innocent and, you know, mm. she just wants that, you know, that spotlight, that limelight. That big, that big story that's going to get her over. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought she was great in the movie. Uh, and even by the end, I was, like, cheering that the fact that she, like, showed up and was able to, like, save the day, essentially. Like, I was yeah. like, okay, that's cool. She redeems herself to be a yeah. final girl. I was like, I was surprised that they gave her that. I was like, okay. Okay, I like that. I remember reading something about um, Deputy Dewey. He was originally supposed to die Mm -hmm. at the Mm -hmm. end of the movie, but they liked the chemistry of the two characters, so they rewrote it and had so he, like, could live. Yeah. 
And every, I think every time you see him, like his body, it's intended for him to be dead until (laughs) the end when he's. And then they're like, wait, wait, wait. (laughs) Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. He's just unconscious. And then you know what? David Arquette just shows up in four more movies. I love David Arquette. Oh, he's great. I think he's hilarious. And the entire time I just kept thinking, Officer Doofy reporting for duty. (laughs) That I think (laughs) the the whole biggest I think the biggest like thing that I had to keep reminding myself, it's like, wait, is this is this a scary movie or a scream moment was his character because I'm just thinking of, you know, him and then, you know, at the end he like (laughs) goes off into the fucking sunset. Dude. (laughs) Uh, thinking of a special officer Doofy while watching this movie was like because the guy that played Doofy was copying everything that David Arquette did, which just made it so much more fucking great. Like it, it enriched its scary movie enriches this film so much for me. Have like, either of you guys seen the second one or no? No. no. Okay, so it's just I'm like go- funny I want to. because I'm going to. in the second one, like uh, Dewey, he's kind of like injured, so he's got like kind of like a a bad arm. So like literally, like watch the second movie and try not to think of <laughs> Doofy. <laughs> I was so I hard. couldn't not think of Doofy the whole time I was watching this. And but no, then but he's like, like <laughs> he even said he even said. Hey, thin, like <laughs> he said, <laughs> and that was killing me because he kept saying it. And I went, okay, well, that's why they used it. Cause like, obviously in scream, they're trying to set up. Everyone can be this killer, right? Like, yeah. Everybody is. It was really well done. Yeah, yeah. Cause even like the, the one scene, like the one, um, like police office, it's like, Oh, you have the same, shoes is the killer it's like yeah. it could be anybody yeah like i love that part of it like i really do and then even as they're taking people off of the board like all right well that can't be it that can't be it it's still like there's so many characters that it could still be mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and then like it's funny because it's like the two characters because one it ends up being two which i think is a surprise because you yes. don't often get Two, two killers yeah. as yeah. one but then it's like the two characters who kind of end up being you know who end up being the bad guys they're kind of the two ones that you might stereotype from the beginning like both of them are specifically like yeah. pointed as like the they're probably yeah. the killer and they're the type and <laughs> they're both like they um, are the killer they yeah. are and you know they're they're uh kind of tasteless jokes like um even early on when skeet I'm just going to call him Skeet because it's more fun to say than Billy. But when um, he climbs in through her window in that scene in her bedroom, he's like, what does he say? He says something like, I was watching like The Exorcist and thought of you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, (laughs) Like that is so like, (laughs) and then he kind of turns it. But it's like, that's like when you go back and watch that, it's like, that's really like disturbing. I mean, she masturbates with a crucifix. Is that the part? Like, yeah, (laughs) that's probably the part that we're led to believe. (laughs) And then, like, even with Stu, you know, making the jokes about, you know, like, uh, oh, the I liver joke. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, oh, yeah, they, they are. Dude, no, that, that scene where they're, like, at that fountain outside of the school. <laughs> and, like, 
literally just confessing to doing all of the yeah, murdering. And exactly. the whole time Billy's like shooting him his smolder shut up looks like through his through his perfectly placed partial bang situation that he had going on just like shut up dude like shut the fuck up dude also they were definitely in a gay relationship like without a doubt i mean they make a cute couple yeah but i don't um, think there's i don't think there's any (laughs) doubt i mean i know they didn't explicitly say in the movie that that's what that became but they like 100 percent were there's no doubt in my mind about that but even like you know billy loomis he just like he looks different like his character just looks different than like everybody else so he stands out as this bad yeah. guy yeah. and it's like he's the one who's first accused of murder and held like in police custody because he was there with the cell phone where they found Ghostface. but then it's just like yeah oh no he can't so it's like you almost eliminate him immediately and then yeah. you do the same thing later on at the farmhouse because Oh, he's stabbed and bleeding. He can't. Right. And the ghost face came into the room while they were breaking the rules of being in a scary movie. Yeah. And, um, you know, so it's it's definitely interesting. Like, you know, in some ways, exactly what you expect is what happens. But then it also subverts that at the same time mm-hmm. and then yeah. goes back again. It's like <laughs> they expertly like weaved in and out suspects throughout mm-hmm. this whole film. Even ruling him out to me, like did not rule him out to me mm-hmm. <laughs> like at yeah. all. Like the well, entire right. time I was like, nah, he's still doing something. There's no way <laughs> he's way too fucking creepy. And like, and he is proud creepy. Of how creepy he is. <laughs> yeah. Like to way, like an unnerving degree. Yeah. Like the fact that he's willing to like half beat up a kid at work. <laughs> For insinuating that he might be. <laughs> yeah. All of the like high school age kids kind of came off as like pieces of shit. Like all of them. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. the girl in the bathroom who's talking mm-hmm. about Sidney's mom. Dude, uh, holy shit. Dude, 90s shit talking. Complete different level. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really? Could you imagine if uh, we had Twitter? <laughs> How fucking brutal. <laughs> <laughs> Even the other kids who were dressing up in like oh the ghost faced costume yeah. and running through the halls. When when Henry Winkler had <laughs> the two kids in his office, that was also one of my favorite scenes. Because he's just like swinging those scissors and like reaming them. And it's the funniest thing to me because I'm like, he's being logical. He's the only one being yeah. logical in this situation. Yeah. For real. I'm like, good, expel them. See ya. I'm like waiting for something else to happen, like where Henry Rink- Winkler was like gonna like put on the mask or something. <laughs> no, he does that later. And then he just gets murdered. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I thought that scene was hilarious strictly for the fact that he was like the only logical adult in the whole film. Yeah. I know. I loved, I loved, um, that he did the Fonzie hair thing in the mirror. Yeah. And then yeah. like his, like there was a jacket in the closet too. That was a reference the leather to, jacket. Yeah. yeah, that was that, that leather jacket was Fonzie's jacket. Like that's yeah, literally I love, Fonzie's jacket. I love that. And then when he opens that's the door, cool. it's just like, Oh, there's Wes Craven, the janitor in a fucking Freddy Krueger sweater. <laughs> Fred, the janitor, <laughs> Fred, the janitor. Um, Hilarious. <laughs> no, I did. I, I, I think that 
that last third of the movie is probably the best chunk of the film. But I don't dislike the stuff that happens at the beginning, kind of setting everybody up. Um, I thought it it did a decent amount of world building. I like that they kind of insinuated what happened to her mom a bunch of times before telling you what happened to her mom. So you're kind of led Mm -hmm. to like try to understand what's going on a little bit. They give you a little bit of intrigue into the world and stuff like that, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. And then you find out like what all the killing is about and you're like, "Mm." the rationale behind the killing is just kind of like stupid. Like it's just, I don't know, stupid logic to me. So her mom was hooking up with his dad. And then they got yeah. a di- his parents got and a then divorce. His parents got a divorce, and that's why he's because mad. of it. Yeah, and I was like thinking about so that today. I was like, her and rapes and murders her, <laughs> but yeah. then says it wasn't rape because she. But was they such, were dating. Like, that was I like, think. But then I think because they were dating before, because like it's kind of implied that she was different before her mom died. Like maybe a little bit more willing to put out. Yes. Yes, that's definitely implied. I think yeah. the rape part of her mother's death is the, the thing that's keeping her from probably. Which I I mean, yeah, yeah, hundred percent understood. I, that would do it to anybody. Yeah. Um, yeah, except for you know maybe a psychopath. Ski, <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, just be totally concerned about. Uh, you're, you're just not sleeping with me. I don't get just get over it. Your mom was dead, you know. And then She's be dead. like, yeah, your mom died, and my mom left too. It's like your mom's not fucking dead. She wasn't murdered. Like, and she, I, my that's mom's just as like, good as dead because I only see her every other weekend and every other holiday. Yeah, so it's like it's just that I was just like thinking about them. Like it's such a stupid logic, and I mean, I know like back then like divorces maybe weren't as common. I know like they were kind of like taboo like hush hush but i'm like jesus christ nowadays everybody's getting fucking divorced well yeah it's just i think at that (laughs) point it was kind of like still i mean it still is in real life a very traumatic event oh 100 i I think what what they're like it, it was such like a thing that like you could you could really hinge an entire character on like oh my god a divorce happened where now it's like I mean, <laughs> the frequency with which. Yeah. And like, especially when you look at how many people died and then like, yeah, because he blamed his, like he wanted revenge on his girlfriend who one had no part in her mom having an extramarital affair. And also let's hold your father to some accountability here. Yeah. 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 Did he, like, did did he, he murder he, dad? Do we know? The, he, no. We don't know because you know what? There's very few adults in the movie. That's true. Well, and I mean, the movie's full of adults. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, adults, you know, five years older. Um. I was getting so mad that her dad, like, wasn't around. And he wasn't at the hotel that he was supposed to be <gasps> at. He wasn't registered there. Was it's like, not? where did he go then? Yeah. So the thing for me is, like, coming off of Scary Movie, I'm going, like, wait, is her dad, like, really on, like, a fucking drug hiatus? Like, <laughs> is he really on, like, a three-day bender somewhere? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, he no, was because just tied up, up in a closet. <laughs> but why wouldn't he have been registered at the hotel he was supposed to go to? I don't know. I was trying to figure that out, too. I don't I know. I guess he didn't book ahead of time. Well, maybe, again, pre-9-11... And it was the 90s. You could probably just drive wherever, fucking show up at a hotel with cash and be like, can I stay in a room? Well, yeah, because like, you, yes. 
you didn't need a credit card. Yeah. Like, I mean, I see it all the yeah. time in like old movies or TV shows where it's like, here's a hundred bucks. Here's yeah. a room. Yeah. yeah. No, so no record. That was, that's just that it's probably way more clear back then why he was like, Oh, well he was tied up obviously. Yeah. And if you're taking <laughs> yeah. a flight and you're staying like at a hotel, that's like right next to the airport or whatever. You're probably just like, yeah, I'll just get a room when I get there. Yeah. Yeah. But it is, that part is weird. Because it sure. definitely like makes you go like, all right, well, what the fuck wasn't he telling her actually? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because I think still at that time you could just show up at an airport and buy a ticket with cash. Oh, yeah. So, uh, which is like a crazy concept. <laughs> you could probably, I mean, I don't know, in 96, could you still smoke on a yeah, plane? I don't probably. know. See? Yeah. That exactly. was before all that anti-smoking stuff. So you could do For anything sure. on a plane. <laughs> then now the nineties sound like the wild west. I used to say that the seventies <laughs> sounded like the wild west, but now the nineties sound like the wild west. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't have to make a reservation to get a flight. What? what? <laughs> I don't need a real crazy. ID. <laughs> uh, we haven't talked about Rose McGowan's character at all. Uh, I know. Yeah. So Tatum was fun. Uh, to a point and then when she got in that situation with Ghostface I was like what is happening here she's acting completely ridiculous that no human being would ever like she's going to try to squeeze through the cat door well, I'm sorry why did she think that was a better idea and it's funny because I think like Rose McGowan could actually fit through it. They yeah. just had to make it look like she couldn't. She took such a bad I read angle. a thing that they had to nail her shirt to the thing to stop her from like falling through it. Yeah. But again, it makes me think of that scene in Scary Movie. Oh. That's yeah. far the, less believable. <laughs> one of the best. I don't know, Sarah. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, you know, when you're trying to fit like a square peg in a round hole. It's just not going to work. I love when I love in this when she's saying that stuff to the killer and he's like doing the head responses and shit like that's that. That's what makes me. I wonder if that's Stu. That's absolutely Stu. 100% <laughs> yeah. Stu. No chance yeah. that it's not. Because it's like it's still funny somehow. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she does. And then she goes into the whole like. Oh, am I supposed to run thing? And I just, mm -hmm. <laughs> again, like, oh. the scary movie parallel is fucking amazing with Shannon Elizabeth. So like Rose McCown doing it first and then thinking about that other scene is like they she did a really good job doing that. <laughs> yeah. Now I really want to watch scary movie. <laughs> That's what Jordan which, said earlier. <laughs> which it, it's like really funny because like I don't want this episode to end without me bringing this up. Which, I mean, it might be a well-known fact, probably, at this point. But before the movie was titled Scream, it was going to be called Scary Movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which is I why I just think it's so funny. Well, um, yeah, and then they say Scary Movie in this, like, Multiple times. Yeah. It's like, the phrase Scary Movie. S so I'm said, assuming yeah. that's, like, one of those things where it was supposed to be like, Oh, they uh, said, said the, name the, of the title. Movie. And then they changed it to Scream. Yeah. Which still appropriate, I feel like, but yeah, definitely. I also really like the dude's voice on the phone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that was, was a like, different actor. It's a completely different actor. And he was supposed originally, I think, supposed to just be like a stand-in. Then they were yeah. like, "Ooh, we like your this voice." Dude's good. <laughs> yeah, but the, like, hmm. just the 
the sound like the the sound that he makes like the way that he makes his voice sound is fucking like creepy i would totally like if you know how like they have like different like sleep podcasts of like box fan and yeah yeah (laughs) british people talking gently (laughs) you just want to have him doing his whole monologue (laughs) yeah i'd fall asleep to that I want to see what yeah. your insides look like. Because <laughs> he, Wes Craven said he sounded intelligent, but also terrifying. Yeah. And I yeah. think That's those two words really encapsulate that performance. Yeah. Especially considering neither of the killers are particularly intelligent. Yeah. <laughs> no. Or terrifying, but, really. I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> just picturing like that oversized, weird, like sweater, and then just soaked in the blood. <laughs> My parents are going to be so My mad. Are gonna be so mad at me. That was fucking amazing. He ad libbed that. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. Wes Craven it liked just, it so much and thought it was so funny. He left it in. Which it's just like. That's why he's like my favorite character, I think, because he's just so believable as this stupid kid who got wrangled up in his friend's scheme of like, hey, let's do this thing. Oh, yeah, man, that sounds like so fun. And then, yeah, we're going to stab each other. Oh, man, you got like you got me good. Like you you stabbed me like what you fucking think was going to happen. You're stabbing each other. I didn't realize I didn't realize I'm feeling a little woozy was a direct lift. (laughs) too scary movie from this i thought that they added that (laughs) yeah because it seems so stupid to say but it's like obviously if you didn't mean to stab yourself that deep (laughs) yeah you started to feel bad you'd be like hey guy (laughs) (laughs) i mean blood loss look at his sweater (laughs) but that's why just that whole scene it's just like a couple of well i guess one extremely bumbling bad Mm. guy and then one kind of partially bumbling bad guy but he's a little too self-confident to be totally bumbling Mm -hmm. you fucking left the gun unattended (laughs) why would you stab yourselves before you killed them (laughs) yeah also kill them and then stab yourselves but i did kind of i did kind of get like a um a columbine vibe from the both of them (laughs) just pushing each other like they just kept Well, what if we did this? Well, what if we did this? And it just kept like like, ratcheting up. Because you really, there isn't a whole lot of like characterization for anybody outside of the the direct plot. Yeah. I mean, but they don't seem like they're not popular. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just that weird thing. It's just they, whatever is going on up there. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, again, I think that's because they didn't spend a lot of time in the school with any of the characters i feel like right. if we got more of that you would have felt more of that teenagery vibe that they were hoping to put out there but maybe they didn't yeah. think that they could even accomplish it so they just stayed the fuck out of yeah. the school maybe but i just because like i feel like though then the more time that they spend in the school the more time it looks like it has to be a peer yeah. who does it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know what I, I mean. That's granted, true. I mean it's a lot harder to like sneak into a school now than it was in '96. Like, yeah. um, but even like one of the things that like stood out to me, Sid and Tatum went to like the grocery store to get like snacks or whatever, and then you just see mm-hmm. that reflection of Ghostface in like the cooler in the store, and I'm, and I'm just like, how the fuck is he getting away with that? Like nobody sees that. <laughs> 
He's walking into the store. He's just like wandering all goofy like outside in the woods. He's got it in a bag. So then he goes into the bread aisle. He throws it on. He he just some general menacing and then he puts it away and leaves. General general menacing. menacing. That is going to be the name of my next podcast. (laughs) Actually, he's an old war general. Uh, He's he's, he's 90 some years old. Four star general. Four general, star general menacing. General menacing. He was in World War Two. It was very big. He's just telling war stories. <laughs> oh, fucking general menacing. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! In watching this, um, a movie that I have seen several times in its entirety, long before I've ever watched Scream all the way through, for whatever reason, is the movie Urban Legend, um, and mm. that's. Almost virtually a carbon copy of this film. Really? I've never uh, seen yeah. it. It I remember hearing that it got a lot of flack because it like essentially stole the entire premise of Scream. Yeah. Yeah. Where did I it never, come out? I've never seen it, so and instead of instead of horror movies, it's urban legends. <laughs> That's the only fucking difference. And that movie huh. has Jared Leto. Um, and I believe that's a 1998 picture. Uh, oh, so it was about. like only yeah. a little bit. There after was like Scream a lawsuit or something. I yeah, do. I I, honest to God, I, I watching this through. I was like, Urban Legend has a lot of explaining to do. Actually, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'll have like, to check it out. It's. I mean, and I always really liked it because it's uh similar to this. It's a it's a horror movie that's not too scary it's a little mm-hmm. bit more on the thrillery side of it because they don't get too crazy into the jump scares and shit like that mm-hmm. um but yeah i can't believe how fucking wildly similar they are and in premise and characterizations of certain characters and shit like hmm. that like, that's insane yeah it's that's nuts. crazy it's nuts it's definitely worth if you enjoyed scream watching urban legend to just go holy fuck how are they allowed to do this Scream is vastly superior, I feel like, in every way. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm like, I'm really interested to, like, hear what you guys think if, like, you continue watching the sequels. Mm-hmm. I definitely want to. Because I know kind of, like, what order I rank them in. I rank them. I've seen one through four. Um, and I would probably do one, two, four, three is my rating, uh, ranking of them. I don't really okay. like the third one. I've only okay. seen it like once. It's because of Jane Silent Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I plan on watching the rest of them. I was not sure how I was going to feel about watching the rest of them prior to watching the first one. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. like, just kind of thinking like, well, maybe I'll just watch this and just like be done. But now I'm kind of interested and I want to see like what they do and there's that new movie that's out. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know there's a lot this. of people that are very excited for it. So yeah. I'm one of them. I think, I'm, think I might need to uh, <laughs> catch up. Is that, yeah. is that going to be exclusively in theaters? The, that's in, the new I one? think so. As of yeah. today. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll wait. It's fine. It'll get on yeah. Peacock eventually. I'm going to like, <laughs> I want to see it. I'm not sure if I'm going to have the time to see it in theaters. Um, but if not, I mean, I'm usually one of those people who waits till it goes on like HBO <laughs> or something. 
Yeah. I just like watching I'm, movies. I'm not necessarily in a rush. No. But uh, I will check it out. But yeah, so this has has kind of been our review on on scream we we kind it of has. talked about it and gave our gave our thoughts but now a look back now we want to turn it over to our listeners and or viewers um what did you guys think about the original scream from 1996 did you see it when it first came out in theaters uh were you like us and did you see it <laughs> much later in life did you see Scary Movie first? <laughs> Are you currently wondering what a VCR is or a movie store? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you of that generation? Or a house phone. Um, a corded or house a big phone. one of those like giant, you know, video cameras. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or a computer hey that you could uh, go and communicate with nine one one. Oh um, yeah, the internet chat nine one one. I don't think that that was a thing. I think. Yeah, that was not a thing. There's no way that was a real thing. I don't know if that was. Considering that we're still waiting for, like, widespread 911 texting capability, I'm going to go with probably not. There's no way that they had, like, a fucking aim set up or something. (laughs) But, okay, so before we we officially, officially wrap this up, what do you guys think their parents did to afford to live in places like that? Dude, I was wondering that a lot, especially Sydney's dad. That house is. Did she had like her own private Deck. entry situation? And there was like this breathtaking view of like this valley. But like, why did her boyfriend climb through the fucking window if she has like a, a slider? Because he realized he never because he realized he never climbed through a window before. Well, you know, the climbing through the window is like kind of a callback to Johnny Depp in um, Nightmare on Elm Street when he's climbing up the trellis. Is that a trellis? He's climbing in your window, snatching your people up. Yo, yeah, hide, he- hide your kids, hide your wife, <laughs> hide, hide your father in the closet. Hide your husbands because they're raping everybody out here. <laughs> But it's not cotton weary. And we didn't even really talk about Leave Shriver. He was in the movie for half <laughs> for a second. Like two, I didn't even see him. I was going to say two seconds. I mean, he got a full credit for that. Like, that's amazing. I know. And Henry Winkler didn't. No, he didn't want to have one. Oh. He, he said that uh, he'd rather not have the credit because he wanted it to be a surprise. He didn't want his name uh, in any uh, poster uh, or any marketing and have it overshadow other people being in the movie. Fascinating That's why he did that. how that works. I love him. I love Henry Winkler. Yeah. Yeah, no, he was good, man. I like him as the principal. And that just, I didn't know why <laughs> Squiggy was the principal in Scary Movie. I had no idea. Squiggy being a character from Laverne and Shirley that crossed over with Happy Days, which is where Fonzie's from. <sighs> Um, seventies <laughs> sitcoms. See anyway, now the whole thing layers. makes more sense to you. Yeah. It's all it's layers. So so Henry An Winkler onion. being there, I went, oh my god, that's why Squiggy's the fucking principal. That's amazing, dude. Everything is, and I think his name connected. was Principal Squigman or some shit like that. It was fucking. <laughs> <laughs> 
it just goes to show how enriching the viewing yeah. experience of scary movie is. Yeah, it makes so much more sense. All of, both of the movies now make so much more sense to me. Don't you feel uh, like your life is like complete now? It's yeah, a little bit no, more I fulfilled. Have to rewatch scary movie as soon as yeah, possible. Yeah, me too. I'm like, I'm trying to think. Yeah. I'm like looking. I'm like, do I own that? I don't remember. <laughs> I do. I bought a Blu-ray set of one, two, and three last year. Um. But yeah, so now we want to hear from you guys. Let us know what you guys thought about Scream. Let us know if you're excited for the new movie. Yeah. Uh, you could hit us up on all of our social medias, at PopCanon, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, and even our Facebook group, the PopCanon Collective. So mm. make sure you join that. You get to interact fun. with our fun memes and stuff. All and since. <laughs> And since it's not 1996, you can find us on the internet yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's so make real. Sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button and turn that notification bell on. And um, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, if you're listening on any of those, obviously you could subscribe as well. Also, you could leave a rating and review. Spotify just allowed ratings. On their thing, you have to listen to the show first on Spotify. They don't let you just errantly rate things without no listening cheating. to a few episodes. It's crazy. So if you that have listened crazy. to us and you do use Spotify to listen to us, slap a five stars our way. We'd greatly appreciate it. And you know the fun doesn't have to stop there because you no. can always find us individually and listen to whatever the hell we want to talk about. Our insane ramblings. You could find me on Twitter and Instagram at JL24FPS. For more unfettered access to me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Yesball. For dog photos and <laughs> beer stories, you can follow me on Instagram at Sarah Andipity. I am not on Twitter because birds aren't real. That is a topic for another day. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to put a pin in that. Uh, we'll come back to it. We'll this has back. been episode 71 of Pop Cannon. So thank you very much for watching and or listening. I'm Jordan. I'm Robert. And I'm Sarah. And I hope that you make it out of this scary movie called Life Alive. Life Alive.